Welcome to After Class Combos, uh, Legacy Session 1. So today I am joined by our entire crew. So everybody want to introduce themselves? Uh, yeah. So are we just going to shout our names all at once? And can we, can we call it the after party, please? Yeah, let's call it that party. We it's can it's the Legacy the 1 after, after party. party. Okay. That's what I think. Let's do it. I like the after party. Let's do it. Yeah, that's, that's what we got to do. Hey, Sass, since you just came up with that incredible idea, why don't you go first? I'm Sass, uh, Chris Sasser, family ministry pastor. Uh, wife is Karin. Kids are CJ and Kylie. They're older than your kids, and you've already heard about all that. That's me. <laughs> I'll go next. Uh, my name is Katie Robinson. I am the um, home coordinator for Port City Kids. And so basically, I get to come alongside parents and help them as they help their children to know God. Yeah. So my name is Rich Biagini. I am the pastor of children's ministry. My wife, Sue, and I have been married for 23 years. So that means we're old. Uh, our kids are also old. Um, yeah, they're all, I just had one graduate from high school. Um, I'm getting old ass. Goes fast. Yes. <laughs> oh, and I guess I should introduce myself. Yes, I'm Molly Swander and I am the Grow Zone coordinator. So I do all things birth through pre-K. Um, my husband and I have been married for 13 years and we have three daughters and we are just leaving the preschool phase, which we have been in wow. for 11 <laughs> <long> years. <laughs> Too long. I know. Too long. <laughs> We've been in it a very long time. Yes. And you were the after party coordinator. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new job title. All right. As you so raise your yellow solo cup. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're doing big things. Uh, okay. So session one. We got to hear from Rich, and we talked about relationships, and not just any relationships, guys. Mm-mm. Relationship with God, just as a recap. Relationship with your spouse, relationship with your children, and relationship with community. And uh, I'm just going to kick us off. I had a funny conversation last night with Tenley, who is my youngest daughter. She is five. And... Um, she was saying it was just, I was doing the dishes. Taylor was sitting on the couch and she was eating something. And she said, who do you love more, me or daddy? <laughs> That's dangerous. And wow. I was like, it's a trap. I was like, I don't <laughs> think you're going to like the answer to this question. And she was like, no, just say it. And I said, well, technically the Bible says that I have to love God first, then my spouse. And she was like, what is that? And I said, that is your dad. <laughs> and then you and she said no <laughs> <laughs> she was not having that she did huh? not like that answer wow. she was like mom it's me and god and i was like oh, eh, okay <laughs> not so much no <laughs> that was too so, funny my um three-year-old actually the other day started crying because i told her god loves her more than me and she really didn't want that to be the case oh. she wanted oh. me to love her more <laughs> So I had to she couldn't imagine anybody loving her more than you. That's cute. Or she was just really upset that I didn't love her enough. Oh, <laughs> yeah, fair, how fair. dare you, mom? <laughs> I didn't look at it that way, but I get it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. All right. So what? Uh, what else? I know that like every time we do this, we all have so much that we want to like add to everyone's talk. So like, what? What's been like the burning thing you want to? get out off of relationships? Well, so I'll, I'll maybe say this, like I, in uh, the legacy class, we talk a lot about fake date night and I've, um, I've appreciated uh, how many people have come up to me after the class to say that they are doing their own version of fake date night. But uh, fake date night is not the only way to connect with your spouse uh, when your kids are little, <laughs> uh, turns out, uh, although it is pretty awesome. 
Um, I am just really curious, like, how do you all do that? Like, how do you prioritize your relationship with your spouse and your family? Yeah, it's something um, my husband and I love to do is we love to play games. Um, we just always have. We love to play, like, backgammon or cards one-on-one. And so we kind of in a similar way of setting aside time, um, we will choose a night that we're going to definitely play games. But we've even found that um, <laughs> right now we're in a season where our kids do not want to stay in their room at night after they go to bed. They want to get up 100 times. And so oftentimes we're, one of us will need to kind of sit upstairs with them to redirect them back and we've started just bringing some cards up there so we can sit and play games no while way. we're kind of doing that versus one of us just sitting there on our phone and it taking up a stretch of the night. Mm. Um, so that, it's like a funny in this season, but I almost look forward to it yeah. <laughs> that we get to sit up there. So that is fun. really good. So little known fact, um, on the children's ministry team, Katie has an unofficial <laughs> title. Uh, she is the home coordinator, but unofficially she is the queen, queen of, games. of games. Wow. <laughs> so if you ever have any questions about game ideas, <laughs> I love them all. <laughs> is all about it. So mm. I'm curious, what game do you, what card game do you play? Oh, we've been in a rummy stretch lately. Okay. Um, right. We also really like cribbage, which Ooh. feels cribbage. very old school, but it, we do really like it. Sounds like your kids are like really old, like you're playing cribbage <laughs> with your adult kids. The thing, you We're not playing with the kids. Katie? This is only no, me and my spouse. Yeah. No, the no. kid level, we're on like they candy play land. Okay. They play bridge after that. Because, uh, I do want to be in a bridge league oh, really no. bad. Wow. 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 That's why wow. you're the queen of games. That is why yeah, you're the queen. I just uh, had uh, some vision of Katie in like her, I want to say like 80s, but I feel like also like 30s. I'm like ready today. Pickleball and bridge are like where I'm dreaming for one day. Very nice. That's good. Sass, how do you do it? So I think we're at a phase now where our kids are older, and so it's easier, honestly, for us to do it. But we will um, we'll go on, like, little adventures either to the beach or, you know, s somewhere, like, on the water. What I think both of us are good at is we know kind of the space that gives the other person life, and so we'll step into that space with our spouse, even if it doesn't necessarily give us life. Like, I know if Karin can just go sit on the beach – for an hour or two and read a book, it is like her ultimate happy place. I don't really like the beach that much, but you know, I'll go and, and, and kind of make an effort there. And then she'll do the same thing kind of with me. And so we're at the phase where our kids are off doing things and we can just sort of get out of the house, go somewhere else and just take a moment to kind of breathe together. But it's really about um, stepping into your spouse's happy place mm -hmm. and going there with them. Yeah. I think that really means, means a lot to them. I love that. Um, well, so we're in a really awesome phase right now that I love where Taylor and I are both off on Fridays and all of our kids are in school full time. So Fridays for us has become like free date day. And by free, I mean, we don't have to pay yeah, a babysitter, right. which <clears throat> is just, you Huge. know, it is because Amen. paying a babysitter is like doubles Spencer. the cost mm -hmm. of a date. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, sometimes we'll go out to breakfast. Sometimes it's really just like running errands together or like doing housework, which is so much more pleasant when you don't have three children you Absolutely. Know, there <laughs> yes, to mess it all sure. up. And so we've just really enjoyed that. I will say we had a, a very long stretch. We moved um, away from family when um, our two girls were little before we had our third. And so for a long time, it was a season of how do we do date night when we don't really know anyone. We moved to a new place without family. Um, thankfully, you know, my husband's in student ministry. And so we were like always hitting up all the teenagers um, <laughs> for babysitting. But it, it definitely there goes 
there have been seasons where it has been extremely difficult to find time, which is when the fake date night Mm -hmm. idea is really epic. And I think now, Rich, did you know that they have like fake date night, essentially boxes that you what? can get mailed to your house. And it's oh, like, you're late to the game, Rich. Yes. You're not getting royalties on my idea. Did you do that? I cannot believe Gosh. this. Yeah. It's like date in a box and it's all things yeah. you can do at home. So guys, if you are at home with your infants and you can't get a babysitter, get a date night box. Okay. So listen, this does have me thinking though. Like, so when we are talking about raising our kids, we talk about wanting to have vision for our children, right? Like we, we want to imagine and, uh, and describe maybe what we hope for our kids someday. Um, and I think prioritizing your relationship is so important in part because at some point down the road, even if your kids are really little, this feels like it's very far away. Um, your kids are going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And like we have all heard those like stories where people say my kids moved out and it was like we didn't even know each other mm-hmm. anymore or right. the relationship yeah. comes apart because the thing that you guys were always rallying around and organizing your lives around with was your kids. And so for like Sue and I, we've like committed to say like we well. I say committed, that makes it sound like we have to work really hard at it. Very gratefully, we love spending time together, but we have committed to prioritizing it because we want to make sure that when our kids are go away, like when our kids go away, <laughs> go, away. <laughs> go away, go away, please. Uh, when they eventually move out that um, we don't have to like start over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the relationship is just the same as it always was. It's just a little bit quieter. Well, and I'll say too, and Rich, you've probably experienced this, is is they quote unquote go away even when they still live in your house. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. When they get to be teenagers and they're involved in sports and they get a job, like we've jokingly said, our, our son went off to college, our daughter's a junior, but we, we already feel a little bit like empty nesters mm-hmm. because yeah. she's so busy yeah. and she's gone all the time. And so I think what happens to some couples is that sort of you have to rediscover each other doesn't necessarily happen when all of the kids are mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. It happens before that. And it creates a weird dynamic and atmosphere in the home that whatever kids are left feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're aware. They're aware of, wait a minute, like I, I come here and I sleep and I'm going to school and you know I'm, I'm busy, but there's something kind of weird going on with mom and dad. And so I, I do think it's important not only for when all of the kids are gone, it's important during whatever phase of life some of the kids are still living there, but just they're gone more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was in a conversation uh, with Danny Rogers, who's our newborn campus pastor, the other day, and we were talking about this. He's like, you know, his kids are gone, and he's like, you can, you have to make sure your relationship is still intact when your kids are gone. And he said, I remember when um, my kids were little, and his wife had said to him, like, I'm never gonna want to like leave the kids, so. Like if it if it's a choice of do we go away together as a couple or do we stay home and take care of the kids? She's like, I, my natural instinct is I just I just want to be with them and I want to be caring for them. So I need you to like kind of take the reins on planning these things for us or doing that. And I pull think, me out of here. Yeah. Mm. And so I think that again, like we're talking about like relationships and communication like it's just a beautiful if you know that you know that's something that you're going to struggle with like tell your spouse up front like hey like this is an area where I do need you to kind of help me out because my natural inclination is to be a little more nervous to do this and so I thought that was like just so helpful in that context of especially when your kids are little and you do it is a struggle to leave them yeah and I think especially for moms you definitely feel more of a pull to like want to like make sure everyone's cared for um that, that it's okay to say hey i need i need you to like really like own this one yep i agree 
Um, okay, so then we talked about our relationships with our kids. What y'all, what thoughts did y'all have on that? Anything? Crickets. Nobody wants to talk about their kids. <laughs> I'll say something that I, I thought that I think um, applies here. And this is kind of a little phrase that I, I came up with, honestly, was during COVID, um, through some focus groups that we did actually with parents here. But I think what our kids want more than anything else is I think they want connection over content. Have y'all heard me mm-hmm. say that before? So yeah. we were talking about this in, in the context of our church and how, you know, during COVID, we were producing a lot of content, people watching services online, whatever. And I remember being in a Zoom focus group with parents and what I felt they really wanted was connection. Right, the content was fine, and, and but they really wanted was to be connected to people. The same is true for our kids, and mm-hmm. we we get into the content delivery mode as parents because they got to learn how to you know tie their shoes, and they got to learn how to eat on their own. They got to mm-hmm. you know do their homework, and like there's all these these things they need to learn to do, and we're in this nonstop correction and mm-hmm. quote unquote content mode, mm-hmm. and we lose sight of the need for connection with our kids. And so I just w- would encourage anybody out there to, to, to really, it's, con- it's connection over content. Mm-hmm. And we get that wrong all the time when it comes to our relationships with our kids. Yeah. So this is like a, a, maybe a little bit of a leap to, to um, this thought when you said that, that that's popped into my mind. So thinking about prioritizing the relationship, especially as kids get older, um, they want to communicate and be able to get their thoughts out. Like what they, how they contribute to a conversation is really important. It's an important way that they connect and you use the word correction mode. When your kids are little, you're constantly correcting and redirecting behavior and all of that. But as they get older, that starts to shift a little bit. And so I've been doing something with my kids lately and I don't know if they've picked up on it yet or not. But when we're having like a conversation, I'll sometimes have like a, um, I mean, just real talk, like I'll sometimes have a tendency to, to lecture them um, and to keep talking. It's like, I got to get all my words out. I need to say all of these things in all of these ways until you kind of like get it. And I have been practicing with them, um, stopping myself before I get to that point and saying, I'm going to give you the last word. Mm. So I'm not going to be the one to end this conversation. You end it how you want to end it. You get the last word. What do you think? And so like hmm. they end it and there are times where they'll, <laughs> they'll end it. I'm like, <laughs> ooh, ooh, <laughs> can we talk about uh, that? <laughs> I, I, I said you would get the last word. So yeah, All right, I hear you and, and we walk away. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're getting to communicate and to get their thoughts out. And that has opened the door to some really like good conversations. And it has given me an opportunity to peek into their brain a little bit because when they know I'm not going to follow up mm-hmm. with another question, yeah. They can say anything they want. Yeah. Kind of scary. But oh, I would love to be fly on the wall. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> final words. But I tell them, I go, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to, you get the last word. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Something else is that like kind of makes me think of it. We have little kids. Um, we have two still in the preschool age and our other just started elementary. Um, and I've, I feel like I have um, felt myself learn over the years that um, to me, connecting with them has almost set felt like I need to set aside a time to do that mm-hmm. versus just involving them. And they want to be involved in something like cooking food is an example. I 
personally, I hate cooking food with my kids. <laughs> Maybe I just hate cooking food in general, but we have to do it all, every day. But they want to help all the time. And in my mind, I'm like, let me just hurry up and finish right. cooking so, so that I can yeah. I can hang out with you and I can connect with you. And I miss these opportunities to connect with them all along the way. Even something like as simple as doing laundry, I, I feel like I would be like, let me do it. And then you, and then you can hang out with me or whatever. And I remember simply just saying like, all right, I'm going to hold up a shirt. Like whose shirt is this? And my kids thought it was the funnest game Mm -hmm. to just get to pick which clothes were there out of the laundry pile. Um, And I still had to fold the clothes. We still had to put them away, but they weren't constantly asking for my attention and me saying, just wait until I get my like mom things done. And then I can hang out with you. Mm -hmm. It was an opportunity to involve them in just what I was doing. And I think I felt more connected to them over time when I just allow them to be a part of those things. Um, it's important to set aside specific time and things that they love and like ways that you can connect on their level. But especially when they're really little, they don't, they don't even know what it is that yeah, they really like. Right. They just want to be with you. That's um, right. and mm-hmm. so kind of opening the door for that. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> that just made me think of something. And a part of the reason why I'm excited about doing the after party is because, um, everyone gets to listen to us do the legacy class and they, they probably assume, or maybe they don't, who knows, but they assume that like, or they get the best version of us, right? Like we tell our best stories where, when we're in the legacy class. And so what you just said, Katie, made me think about a time that I got it wrong. And, and I would like to share that because I think that's really helpful too. So my oldest daughter, Emily, um, she uh, has her license now. But before she got her license, she had to have 60 hours of driving um, in the car, uh, with a driver. And in my house, it turned out to be me because I have a little more patience, uh, with, uh, swerving all over the road and all the craziness. Um, everyone's wired very differently. You got to know your spouse's strengths. That was kind of my jam. Um, but Katie, the thing that you were just talking about, um, is what really, what, what prompted this in my mind. So, um, honestly, like I was, um, kind of annoyed that I had to be in the car with her for 60 hours. And I remember like getting in the car and kind of like begrudging that I had to be in there. Um, and I'm being honest and saying like, there were times where like I played on my phone while she was driving and it was like, I just need to get through this 60 hours so that she can like get her license. Mm-hmm. And, um, right at the end, right as she got, uh, right as we were about to wrap up the 60 hours, we had like, we were trying, <laughs> we had like a marathon week where we were trying to get all of the final hours in before school started because I did not want to drive them to school again this year. Um, and it hit me all of a sudden I was like, I had 60 hours of time with my kid uninterrupted in the car. Um, and I rushed through it. Like I mm-hmm. rushed through it because I just wanted to be done with it and to be on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I missed it. Mm-hmm. Like I mi- like thinking about all the opportunities that I could have had for like good conversations with her in the car. Um, so gratefully, it's my first kid, so I can mess up the first one. I get two more tries. <laughs> and she'll be fine. Um, she'll be fine. And so with my middle daughter, Sarah, she's got her permit now. Like I've sort of committed to like doing that a little bit differently. And so we're in the car and I'm trying to come with like, you know, I'm trying to be with them and I'm trying to ask like good questions, but Katie, it's like what you just talked about. Like there are moments that we have just in the course of our regular lives with our kids. Um, and gosh, that's how, how crazy that we're always rushing to the next thing. We're rushing to get through dinner so that we can then blah, 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 blah. Like I want to sit down at the table and have a good conversation with you, but I could have a good conversation. Yeah. Like we have, we have a moment, right. We have moments where we have the opportunity to be together all the time. And so I would just say like, be on the lookout for those and don't miss them. Yeah, it um, 
it reminds me because I think there are like so many simple moments. I was reading, I think, a book and it was talking about how like why like you know as parents we, we want to be like okay like somebody watch the kids so i can run to the grocery store or so i can run this errand and you know like why wouldn't we want to take our kids i mean obviously we know why we wouldn't want to take our kids but <laughs> you know also think, thinking through like what an opportunity that is especially like for you know most of us like all of us have more than one kid i have three kids and so it sometimes feels like it's just would be easier to just i'll stay home and you know my husband will run to the grocery store. But then it made me think, you know, my middle daughter a few years ago, he was like, hey, oh, like, do you want to run to the grocery store with me? And she was like, can I buy anything? And he was like, no. And she was like, all right, I'll still go. And in that car ride, she, they ended up having some, you know, random conversation that lend, ended up her, you know, making a salvation decision at five years old and asking to be baptized. And it was all unprompted because especially for her, she's our middle child. And so like, she rarely wants to talk unless it's like, you know, complete silence and like nobody else is around one-on-one. -on -one. And so just like that little opportunity of her being one-on-one -on -one with dad, sparked all these thoughts that she's mm -hmm. had that she's been holding in but like that opportunity of just driving to the grocery store was the you know the catalyst for her to actually be able to like have that connection and ask the questions and so so yeah. since we're having an automobile driving theme here <laughs> uh, obviously at this after party um <clears throat> i'll tell kind of a quick story that that revolves around a principle that may may or may not be true for you in legacy kind of right now with, with where your kids are but it will be as they get older give them time when they have time mm. Right. And so uh, I think I've uh, kind of told you guys this story before, but um, a few years ago, our son was in high school youth group on Sunday nights at Ripple Effect. My wife was leading Sunday nights. Our daughter was a few years behind. So she was gonna, not going to be coming to Ripple Effect on Sunday nights. I, my job, I, I come sometimes, I don't come other times, but kind of for that season, I decided, you know what, I'm going to stay home with Kylie um, so that, you know, she's not farmed out somewhere else or whatever. I was just kind of going to give her some intentional time. Well, one night, she says to me, Dad, can we go on a drive? And so Sunday night, we hop in the car and we just sort of do this loop in town and she throws on some worship music and we kind of go on this drive. And that kind of became the thing that we did most Sunday nights mm -hmm. while Karn and CJ were at Ripple Effect. We would just kind of hang out at home, have dinner. Hey, Dad, you want to go on a drive? Which has morphed into, and this was, you know, God, at this point it was five, six years ago when we, we did this, it's morphed into she will walk into our room. She's, she's done this in the last month at 1030 or 11 at night when she's done with her homework. Hey, dad, you want to go on a drive? Mm. And what I've had to train myself to, to, to think is I have to say yes. Like he, here is my teenager that started when she was, you know, preteen. She has time. She's asking me for it. Mm -hmm. I have to say yes. And so there are nights where I'll just stay in my pajamas and we'll hop in the car and I don't have any shoes on. I may have my wallet. I might not. And we'll go on for, you know, an hour long drive. And sometimes it's worship music. And recently it's been Taylor Swift. And so I'm kind of becoming a bit of a Swifty myself. Kind of want to go to a concert, but we're not going to afford that. Uh, yeah. um, but, but like there are unbelievable conversations that will happen in those moments that are totally unscripted, totally unprompted. And, and I have just had to train myself. And as a parent, I would encourage you to, you know, whatever phase your kid's in, to when your kid asks for your time, the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer has to be no, I get it. But most of the times we can put off whatever the other thing that we think is most important because it's not what's most important. What's most important is building that relationship with our kids. Mm -hmm. And I have to say yes. Yeah. yeah. So in the class we talked about, uh, prioritizing our relationship also with God. And we talked about spiritual disciplines. 
uh, and spiritual disciplines. Um, uh, I gave an example in the class of what that looks like for me. Um, I talked about uh, praying in the morning, talking about listening to worship music, attending church with our family, uh, serving together. And I know that we've all talked about um, this at different times and said like, well, Rich, that's how you do it. Uh, and so um, that's all everybody got to hear. How does Rich do it? So I'm really curious, how, what do spiritual disciplines look like for y'all in this season of life in, in your house and with your family? For me, it, it's it's worship music and quiet and solitude. I'm not a good journaler. Sorry, Mike. Um, but, we can but, edit that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we'll leave it in. Um, but for me, it really is sort of meditating on worship music. I've got a couple, you know, every sort of season of life, I'll have a few go-to songs that will really take me to kind of where I need to be sort of um, spiritually. And so uh, I'll do that. And then I have, it's just strange, I know, but I have a few spots in my backyard. So I'm a big gardener, yeah. uh, love kind of, you know, piddling in the backyard and gardening. And we now have this greenhouse. And so I've kind of created this sort of, for me, what what is a sacred space in one of the greenhouses. So I'll go out there and just sit and pray and meditate. Sometimes I'll write some things down, but not that often. Um, but it's just sort of making sure that there are those kind of regular connections with God um, that, that sometimes happen in, in little little spurts every day, sometimes happen in longer spurts, you know, over the course of, you know, a week or whatever. But for me, it's worship music and, and kind of finding that sacred space where I'm just going to, I know when I go there, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I think for me, um, it kind of actually blends into what I was saying before. I feel like I've just been in a season where um, – Finding time outside of time that I'm with my kids is hard. Um, I am am home with them a lot, which I'm very thankful to be. Um, but a lot of times that looks like saying, hey, mom's going to do her quiet time for 15 minutes. Like, if, if you have an emergency, come and ask me. But, like, I'm just hanging out and they're playing with Play-Doh and they're still talking to each other. Like, it's not quiet. <laughs> it's not like, um, no, usually someone has to potty during it and I need to go help them. Like, it, it happens during it. Um, but like that time usually happens right after breakfast with them. Um, during the school year, we would, I would drop my oldest off and come back home and we'd have like 45 minutes. And so it always happened during that time. Um, and then if I do get a chance to be away, it's definitely something to do with the water for me. It could be kind of like you're saying, just sitting by the ocean. Um, I love to paddleboard, but trying to find pockets of that. And I've, because we talked about Sabbath, um, here at the church, I feel like that's something my husband and I had a good bit of conversations about. Um, and we were talking about like, what is it that makes you feel rest, like fully rested? And it was funny for me, it was um, being around people, like having people in our home and then the water. And for him, it was doing yard work. And so we've tried to just make that an available space for each of us during the week. Like sometimes that means that you know, I do get to go spend the afternoon at the beach, but most of the time it looks like I take my kids and we see the, the water <laughs> at some point. And that's okay because it is yeah. more relaxing than I think you can easily kind of get into a place where you're waiting for something to come to you to give you that. But there are pockets for it kind of as you go. Um, so I feel like mine isn't necessarily removed from my kids right now, but it's kind of doing something with them. Mm. Just the thought we, we call it quiet time. Mm -hmm. And if you've got little kids, that probably feels like it never happens. And it just reminded <laughs> me like when we go to Centra Kid and we take the kids, there are times that are set aside during the day for the kids to go um, and to pray and to journal and to read Bible. And they call it um, time with God. And doesn't that feel yeah. like it's more um, attainable, attainable with kids? Yeah. With kids. Like well, if you call it quiet time, you're almost setting yourself up for failure before you even right. start because yeah. you assume it has to be quiet. And the reality is it's 
never going to be quiet. Yeah. Like it's never going to happen. That's right. And so like, you're just going to go spend time with God, like whatever it looks like. Uh, it feels like maybe it's a better thing to call it during a season with little kids. What does it um, look like for you, Molly? Um, I think mine has always been, especially when my kids are little, it has always been listening to worship music. I mean, I pretty much only listen to like Christian radio in my car, which has always just been helpful for me um, and prepares me to like be a nicer human being. <laughs> um, but recently I have been trying to focus more on being in a season of prayer. Um, you know, and it, I think it was, was it last year in the fall that Mike talked about like continual prayer and, you know, we did the whole, the Lord's prayer thing for a while. And I think just being more, um, just acknowledging more in the moment of like either being like grateful to God or, um, or acknowledging that I need him. I was telling somebody yesterday, like there are moments where I'm like, I'm in a conversation and I, I have a very telling face. And so I'm like, Lord, right in this moment, I just need you to control my face or I need you to control like, and, but just mm -hmm. acknowledging like, yeah. you know what, God, like, Please I know that in this moment, face. yeah, in this moment, God, I need you to be speaking through me because yeah. I can't speak, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say the things that are honoring to you. Um, and then also I think just, I've been really enjoying for the first time probably ever actually reading the Bible. Um, and I think it's a lot of like discovery. There are like a lot of topics that I want to know, like, well, what does the Lord actually say about this? Cause I think just like, where do I begin in reading my Bible is so overwhelming. Yeah. But when I think, okay, like what are like scriptures that talk about this topic has actually been really helpful for me to actually dig into reading my Bible. And again, like kind of like Katie said, some of my kids are still younger. Um, and so I'm like, I'm sitting on the couch and you can keep talking to me and I'm half listening to you because you know that I'm reading my Bible and you're pointing at words and asking me what's this, but you know what? It's just as, I mean, if you, if you are a parent, you're pretty good at multitasking already. So it's not going to be that distracting. I do think the idea of like being quiet or having quiet time, um, the reality is it's just never going to happen, especially for my kids. They're like, if you just told me to leave you alone for 15 minutes, now it's like challenge accepted. <laughs> I, am not, yeah, yeah. I am not leaving you alone for the next yeah. 15 minutes. That's right. Something that I just thought, thought of like kind of as we were talking is I know that I've in different seasons felt like I have to journal or I have to read, you know, so many verses a day or half, you know, whatever. And I think something that I learned um, is is that that can look different. Like there are some seasons where I like, I'm like, hey, there's this book that I really want to read. And it is, I mean, a, you know, not random <laughs> romantic book kind of thing, but like yeah. a, a Christian book. And, and that's okay for that to be a place. If right now I don't have an hour to devote to God today, if I can just realign my heart in a way and, and take time to do that and be intentional with that, it doesn't have to look the same. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I thought about this actually while you were talking, Rich, mm -hmm. like you're very, um, you have habits that you very much like, and I would not say I'm a, a creature of, of mm -hmm. habit as much. Um, so for me, I, if I was like, this is what I do every day, I, I would get kind of bored of it. And so for me, I found that I'm much more excited to continue to spend time with God if I can change that up as mm -hmm. I go. Like if I have the freedom to say, Hey, I'm going to read this book and then I'm going to read Psalms and then I'm going to listen to this podcast. And it doesn't have to always look exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Um, just with my personality, I don't know that that works for everyone, but it's been something that's been freeing to be like, if I didn't journal today and I didn't read this exact thing, but I am 
posturing myself and aligning with God and spending time with him, that's okay. Well, that's the whole goal, right? The whole right. goal is to continue to mold your heart after, after his heart. Right. right. And whatever works for you in whatever season, that's just what you have to step into. Yeah, yeah I've been um, thinking about the fact that Jesus said recently, um, his yoke is easy, right? Like being with Jesus, walking with Jesus, it is not meant to be so hard. <laughs> Uh, not at least, at least if we take Jesus at his word, yeah. right. Uh, which I think we all, um, agree that we would want to do. And so, um, if spending time with God feels so pressure filled and so stressful because you're trying to do it a certain kind of way, um, it doesn't seem like Jesus's yoke is very easy in that moment. And so like, I would say if that's the case, maybe perhaps you're not doing it right. Um, and I think we do need to give ourselves a lot, a lot of grace, um, and just whatever it takes to connect with God, make that a priority in your life. Yeah. And then I think we also talked a little bit about just like the importance of community. And, um, you know, I'd said earlier for us, like we moved to Wilmington when our two of our kids were like decently little, like four and one. Um, and we struggled to find community. We struggled to find a small group. Um, and we ended up starting a small group, deciding to just lead it. Um, in a season where some of the couples in our small group had like older kids. So we were the ones with the younger kid and um, then it kind of changed. And now it's turned out that we are the ones with the older kids and everyone else in our small group has little kids. And what we realized probably about two years ago was we felt this pressure to, you know, we had to be like doing some sort of like Bible study because we were like a church small group. And we were like, actually, no, we don't. Um, so every week we get together and we eat dinner together and we just hang out and we fellowship. And I'm telling you, even though my kids are older than most of the other kids in our small group, they are so devastated if it's not a small group night. Um, like we have just built a, it's like a mini family. We talk about like buying a compound of land and all living, you know, building houses and living together because we just enjoy being together and doing life with each other. You know, our church in Florida, they call them life groups. They're not necessarily small groups. You're not learning. They're not Bible studies. They're just groups of people who do life together. And that has been, especially in a season where we're not living near family, has been so incredibly helpful, not just for my husband and I, but also for our kids to feel like this is our, this is our, our like family. And it's been so, so helpful for us. So what about like y'all? What's like, how, where have you found community? I'm just not sure I've ever heard the word family before. I just made it up. Family, you haven't? Have, have y'all yeah. heard that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Friends who are family. No, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Okay. I was like, wait, what's she talking? You oh, your face on okay. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop my face. <laughs> Stop. I was a little slow on that. That's called the callback in the biz. Yeah, hey, I like it. Um, yeah, I would say for us... Um, the idea of like community, it's funny because I feel like we were in a season that we've just stepped out of. Um, our our kids currently are three, four, and six. And we've just stepped into the season where we feel like when we hang out with people, we actually can have conversations. Mm -hmm. Like for the longest time, I feel like we would hang out with someone for like two hours and we'd be like, I feel like I was just like making sure my kid didn't jump off the back of the couch. Like I, I wasn't really able to engage too much um and I hear that from like other friends all the time they're like sorry we didn't really get to talk much like sorry we didn't really get to do this and I think that's a very um natural like season to be in um but it's been so sweet because even though even though those 
it hasn't felt really deep. Like being right on the other side of that, I'm so thankful for all those times we did hang out because there is something that is happening. Even if you don't get to have these beautiful conversations that you had pre-kids, like they're really in-depth and and able to talk about all the things. They're just short little snippets. You're still building relationships. And so we've just been in the season where we've seen so much fruit from leaning into that, even though it didn't feel overly helpful. Um, like the same with small group. We we were in a small group and it felt like finding a sitter was always a challenge and getting there, our kids not being sick and, you know, all the stars aligning to be able to go was so hard. But I'm so glad we did because of those relationships are, are just so wonderful. Um, and another thing it made me think of is I read this book a few years ago. I can't remember what it was, but it talked about the difference in um, hospitality and entertaining and I love having people at our house. I, I just enjoy there being people there. Um, but I used to feel this pressure of like, you know, you kind of have to clean up. We have to make sure we have a meal for them or whatever it is. And the book was talking about how that's actually entertaining. That's not hospitality. Like if you're trying to put on a performance for someone to enjoy something, that's not really what hospitality is. Hospitality is simply like opening your door. And so we've found that like, you know, I might would have felt before, like, I need to make cookies if someone's coming over. Or I need to make sure I have, like, snacks for all the kids or whatever. It is. Like, we have something that we're doing. But instead, just being like, hey, do you want to come over from 4 to 530? Like, that's not a time that we're eating. It might be a time you're eating. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> from yeah. 9 to 1030 in the morning. Like, there, it doesn't have to be around an event. You can just be together. Um, and I think our, like being in our neighborhood and and being with people and just like experiencing those kind of things at the times that I'm like, we didn't really do anything, but just hung out, but that's okay. Like that mm-hmm. is, is good and there's so many relationships. And so I, I don't know, I just remember when our kids were little feeling sometimes like that was a lot of work for not really a lot of reward, but just being on the other side, I'm like, man, I'm so glad we still did that instead of waiting three years to get through that and then trying to make connections because mm-hmm. connections are happening all along the way. Um, so it just made me think with this specific season, like, man, it may not always feel successful when you're together, but it is. Yeah. There's purpose in it. Yeah. I think even just lowering the bar for what that looks like, I think is like you just said, is really important. Um, <laughs> I was thinking when our kids were little, um, we used to get together um, with uh, friends like during the week, like on a particular night, um, and we would get food from somewhere. Um, incidentally, Flaming Amy's oh, shockingly, shocking. but we, we <laughs> did, we did. Um, and, um, sometimes we would like, even when our kids were little, we would just put them to bed at our friend's house. And so there would be like four or five couples hanging out and there'd be kids like sleeping all over, uh, the house. And, um, sounds weird to say that out loud, but my, but like the kids loved it. Like our kids thought it was like the greatest thing. Again, it did not require a babysitter. Um, but it was prioritizing community in a season where mm-hmm. it felt so hard to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to your point, Katie, like we're, you know, the bar sometimes is so high for what it means to get together with people. And it's like, just go be with people, mm-hmm. just go be with people. Um, and your kids are so much more, uh, gracious and resilient than you think that they are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, put them to bed somewhere. Our kids still to this day, will still talk about remembering those days and hanging out with their friends and going to sleep at so-and-so's house. Um, it was so simple, but it was so important. So, so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll say for us, we've always been in this weird place, honestly, because <clears throat> when we got married, we were married about seven or eight years after all of our friends got married. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of had a you know common season of life together and we were kind of single. And so we weren't kind of a part of that. And then 
obviously the same thing happened with kids is their kids were all kind of the same age. We were seven or eight years behind them kind of with having our kids. And so for us, for a while, like there weren't these life groups, like you talked about, Mm -hmm. Molly, where everybody's kind of in the same ish phase Mm -hmm. doing life. And so what we had to find is community with other just couples. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily a group of you know, eight couples together, but we can hang out with those, that one couple Mm -hmm. and we can kind of go deeper with them. And then we can have another season of life where there's another couple that we're spending time with and hanging out with. And it was, sometimes it was some of those people Mm -hmm. who were in that group. Sometimes it was people that are older than us. Um, And so, so for us, it's, it's never been this, Hey, we've got this group where a bunch of us are all doing life together, but we have often felt like, well, we're doing life with them and we're doing life with them and we're doing life with them. They don't even know each other. Yeah. But yet it's been, it's been okay for us yeah. kind of in that way. But the, the kind of the point is make sure you're not doing life alone yeah. right. and you can do it in, in, in different pockets. You don't have to have one pocket yeah. to and do I'm, it in. Yeah. And I think we just always assume it will be easier to do it someday. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the reality is it never gets easier. So if you want to prioritize community, you have to do it now. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it is possible to do it now. Don't wait to try to prioritize community someday. Do yeah. it today. Yeah, yeah. And we want to help you do that mm-hmm. as much That's right. as we can. Well, and I'll say, you know, being at church facilitates doing that. And, and this literally happened to us this past weekend where there's an, another couple that we're developing a relationship with. Again, our kids are, you know, 19 and 17 and their kids are, are in that same phase. And we've been saying, ah, let's get together. Let's get together. Let's get together. Well, finally this weekend we did. It was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we've known each other yeah. at church and been friends, but you can always find people to have community with and, and um, just do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't, don't just, <laughs> yeah. And maybe you think you can't, you can't and find you them. Can. So can we plug connect? Is that okay? Can yeah, we talk yeah. about yeah, that? For sure. Um, what's connect? Katie? Yeah. Connect is, is really for that. It's an opportunity that we just create a space in between the nine and 11 gathering at our Wilmington campus. And we say, hey, we want you to connect. <laughs> um, we have games for the kids and popsicles and coffee for the parents. Um, and it's just a place to come and be. Because something that I like, as we were just talking, I feel like we hear a lot is people say like, I just want to get connected. And so it always kind of makes me laugh. Cause I'm like, I know five other people that just said that. Like, so we just wanted to create everybody a in a room, to get people right? in a room yeah. and say, hey, I, we want you to build those relationships. Um, so yeah, it's every other month down in studio three. So if you ever hear us talking about connect, make sure um, and sign up for that. Yeah. And if you follow us on social media, portcity.kids, then you will always be notified. That's right. All right. Shameless well, plug. I know all the <laughs> plugs. Um, all right. Well, this was our first after party. Did it feel Woo-hoo. like a party? It always feels like it felt a party. festive. Well, yeah. it, it was festive. You know? right? Um, we are so glad you joined us and then come back next week and check out session two.